Hey Logo Gigs, it's Ian Paget here and this week I'm joined by Arjun Alawalia where we'll be having an honest discussion about self-doubt. But before we get into that, if you are a freelance designer or you're considering taking the leap from your full-time job to start building your own freelance business, I want to recommend that you go and check out Michael Jander's freelancing course. He's an individual who's been there, done it, built a hugely successful design business, working for the biggest companies in the world. And he's now giving that knowledge back and every strategy that he's used to grow his business back to those who are at the start of their journey. This is a course that I invested in myself when it first came out earlier this year, and it's single-handedly the best training material that I've worked through this year. And I actually think it might be the best training course that I've ever taken. I think Michael is an absolutely fantastic teacher and the material in it is just um, very realistic, very honest and very actionable. So I do highly recommend checking it out. And at the time of recording this, it is still at a sale price of $399 plus VAT. So it's worth getting now before that price increases. So to find out, head to logogeek.uk forward slash freelance and for transparency, there is an affiliate link. So if you purchase the course via that link, I will receive a commission at no extra cost to you. And that all goes back towards keeping this podcast going. So this week, as I mentioned, I'm joined by Arjun Alawalia, and he's an individual I actually met through the Logo Geek community a few years back. But We were fortunate enough to actually meet in person at the end of last year for a design event here in Manchester. Back in October this year for World Mental Health Day, Arjun posted a short video on social media about his struggles with mental health and being someone who's also faced those challenges. I wanted to get him on this show so that we can discuss this topic in more detail. Arjun is an individual who, on the surface, seems very confident. He's well-dressed, he's confidently spoken, and he's quite charismatic. So it was a surprise when I found out that he struggles with imposter syndrome and self-doubt. And after speaking with him, he was surprised to hear the same from me too. But I've come to realize that this is something that quite a lot of people struggle with. Actually, most people seem to struggle with this. So they they might look like they're confident, but actually inside they're um, struggling. You know, everyone seems to be facing this. So I hope on this episode, by us having an honest and open, vulnerable conversation around the struggles that we've had with self-doubt and Arden talking about what he's done to overcome it, I hope that will help you too if you're in a similar situation. So Arjun is the founder of his own design agency, Uting Design, and he's host of the Design Revision podcast too. So I hope you'll enjoy his story and continue to listen to his content ongoing. So let's get into this. Here is the interview with Arjun Alawalia. So for people listening, um, myself and Arjun, we've known each other for around a year now. We, we actually met in person. And the other day we was having a brief conversation online about mental health. It, was, it just happened to be something that Arjun shared on social media. And we figured, okay, I, I think this would be a good episode for the Logo Geek podcast because mental health is one of those things that I think every designer struggles with and I think there's two different types of mental health there is the the clinical side but I think there's the day-to-day ongoing stuff that all of us struggle with so like 
I'm not good enough or I'm not as good as or you know struggle with procrastination or perfectionism or imposter syndrome all this sort of stuff so I thought it'd be great to bring you on to properly chat about this because I know you've got lots of thoughts on this so I'm going to give you like an opening question and we'll take it from there we'll see where this takes us but I was reading an interview that you did I think it was with Dot Lung I don't know when Mm -hmm. you did that but you mentioned in there that there was a lull in your career because you believed that you wasn't good enough. <laughs> right, yeah. And I, I know that there's a lot of people that probably experience similar things. So can you talk through what happened and what that was like? And then we we see where this takes us. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lull in my co- career came from a number of things, of course. You know, um, I'll be quite frank and open. I, I struggle with depression and anxiety and uh, loads of other things, like all the things that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm self-doubt and imposter syndrome and um and I didn't really have clear identifiers like you know imposter syndrome I didn't have a title for all those things that I was feeling I didn't I didn't have that many people to talk to about that um I just had that feeling that we now are much more comfortable saying you know calling imposter syndrome yeah yeah and I was doing my master's and um all of a sudden uh somebody told me, you know, uh, what you're feeling is probably imposter syndrome and then had me look it up. So this lull kind of came about um, from a cocktail of all of these things. And um, during this time when I was doing my master's, it was kind of increasing. The stress levels were increasing. The pressure that was on my shoulders, I felt, was increasing and I wasn't really I did not feel like I was being understood with what I was doing with my designs or my um my thesis or dissertation and at some point I got to the uh, point where I'm supposed to be asking for my professors for recommendations and you know advice going forwards with my career and one of the professors that I really looked up to during my master's told me that I was not a designer and that kind of really started the self-doubt thing to go to its pinnacle That's point. That's hard. So can I, yeah. can I just clarify, was you studying graphic design? Yeah, I was. Wow, that's harsh. <laughs> yeah. And I know this professor is known to be, you know, off the cuff and very direct, and I appreciated him for it. But... Uh, Given the circumstances and all the things that we were doing and talking about my work and how I was feeling very unsure about the work that I was creating, it was not the kind of thing I was ready to hear. It was not the kind of thing that really filled me with confidence graduating from the university and then going on to start my career. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, I'm not going to lay all of the blame on this person, but it was just the wrong thing at the wrong time when things were at its worst and that sentence that was said to me completely made me lose all faith in my ability and my confidence and my skill set that well i'm i'm just one of those people who realize way too late that they're not good at this and i shouldn't have been doing this and i've wasted a lot of time etc cetera, etc cetera. And that led to this supreme lull in my career where my lack of confidence dictated the kind of work I was taking on. And my lack of confidence really misinformed me about the kind of work, the work I was producing. I mean, I would, I would take two, three, four times as long doing simple design work just because there was so much self-doubt. I had zero belief in what I was doing. Or even worse than that, I had zero belief that I could progress or get any better. You know, it's one thing to think that you start at zero, but it's another thing to think that or believe that that's where you're going to stay for the rest of your life. And that's where that lull really, really um, was at its worst for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean, firstly, I want to say thank you for being so open and honest about that because I know and and we've spoken about this um 
things like this, not everyone speaks about it. Not everyone realizes that it's something that you can work through, you can get over. And it's why I wanted to to get you on to really dig into this because I know that this doubt, this self-doubt, I have that. You know, I've um just this past week, I sent over two proposals to two different clients. And every single time I send over a presentation, I have this doubt in my gut that the client's not going to like what I've done. (laughs) And I don't know if that's just me or if it's everybody, but I, I think it's important that everyone listening to this understands that to some degree, this is all fairly normal and once you're able to acknowledge that you can get help for it and that's what I want to kind of move on to next and I, I know you've you acknowledged that situation you was in this place uh, where you wasn't doing fulfilling work because you didn't feel that you was good enough how did you get out of that situation it took a really long time <laughs> I'll be honest um, I got a job at a full-time job at the university uh, in my city and I started doing design work there and um, it took a while for me to slowly build up the confidence over there to start doing more um, uh, you know push myself to do a little bit more adventurous design work for the university and it's not always the most exciting stuff that you get at the university to do but sometimes we got projects that were quite interesting and quite, you know, okay, we have free reign. We can do whatever we want here. And, um, you know, it took those little projects that dripped in every now and then to force me to push myself and show myself that I actually was capable of doing more than the low-level stuff I was doing earlier. And it that helped. It really did help. And um, the fact that it dripped in, you know, it was my job to do those things. I didn't just yeah. turn them down because um, I, I would just tell myself, you know, as a freelancer, well, no, I shouldn't do that because I'm not capable. Yeah. Um, that really boosted my ego slightly. <laughs> and uh, then the other thing that happened was that um, there was a point in time I was talking to a friend of mine who I now work with at my uh, freelance studio called Uting. And he was also kind of feeling the same way. He's a 3D and web designer. And we were actually sharing and talking a lot. And through that sharing and conversation, we were able to relate to each other in, in a way that I hadn't been able to do well, with, let's say, a therapist or a friend, yeah. because I didn't have that many friends in the industry. I didn't have that many, well, I didn't have any therapist that was from the industry. Uh, not that that's expected, but uh, it, it really did help because we could really relate to each other. And mm-hmm. one time I got this opportunity through the university to go to this talk with Chris Doe. And, and I'm that's sure where we met. <laughs> yeah, that's where we met. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, w- you know that um, session or workshop that we were a part of. And um, it was basically called Design Therapy. And we were there talking about imposter syndrome and this self-confidence uh, thing that happens in the industry. And a lot of the things that he was saying were just, you know, I was ticking off a checkbox. Yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. Okay, there's more of us. Oh, there's a room filled with these people who are saying the same thing. What's going on? Why Why haven't we talked about this earlier? Why haven't all of us, you know, had a little powwow where we sit in a circle and just share these things more often? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because I felt so alone um, since then. And... You know, then you and I also spoke and you and I also kind of shared at that moment a little bit personal stuff about how it has been a little bit hard with, you know, uh, mental health and trying to figure things out on your own. Yeah, Especially- I know. I know. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I know with that particular conversation when we spoke then. Yeah. And um, I said it just before I hit the record button, but 
you come across as very confident and very comfortable in those uh, situations. I I didn't consider at all or saw anything that gave across any kind of insecurities or doubt or anything like that. And I think that's something that's worth bringing up. Um, I, I speak about on this podcast quite a lot, but I know there are people that see me doing all these podcasts and doing all these things online and they think I'm confident, but I've really had to work through that. And I know uh, you have too. So it's it's very surprising how common and how actually quite normal a lot of these feelings and, and doubts are. And like I've, I've mentioned already, if you can acknowledge it, then that's what's really important. Yeah, absolutely. It's also important to just, you know... It's as you say, people are surprised that, you know, when somebody finally admits that they struggle with certain things. It's a good surprise. It's, though. A good it's surprise. like, oh, it's it's not just me. And I that's why I want to do this podcast. Yeah. That's why I want to keep talking about this topic. Because Absolutely. Yeah. It is something. I, well, I mean, I have been seeing more and more conversations about the topic, but actually it what I would like to see it as it you know if you go to see a therapist it's normal it's cool you know it's it's just what you do like going to a dentist when your your teeth hurt you know it's I, I I still think there is a kind of a stigma attached to it a little bit yeah there is but it's becoming more and more comfortable to talk about I, I find it comfortable to talk about anyway but I think that's because I've um I've come through the other end of it <laughs> I think it's when you're going through it that's when you feel this this doubt and 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 so on yeah absolutely and it's I couldn't agree with you more it should be like just going to the dentist it really yeah. really should I mean it it is your brain your feelings your emotions all of these things that are in your head they are they make up so much of your daily function and they you rely so much on your thoughts and your experiences to do the work that you do that you you can't not treat it you can't not take care of it and whether that's through you know going to a therapist or a group uh, that you talk to hanging out with friends whatever your form of therapy is painting music whatever it's really important to take that time for yourself and really have that honest conversation with okay what do i need in order to help me help my brain help my thoughts to get out of this negative spiral that i'm in and design has been before you know <laughs> the the lovely age of the internet and social media finally becoming its <laughs> final form, as we say. Um, design, I felt, at least most computer jobs were kind of isolated jobs. I didn't experience myself that a lot of people were talking to each other in in the industry, um, mm -hmm. and I didn't feel like there were these open forums where people where people were discussing these things. But now, like you said, it is happening more, but that stigma is still there. And it really, really shouldn't be. And um, I mean, I, I haven't, I don't know if I can say I've come out on the other end or the other side of things yet, but I used to go to um, a therapist and a group therapist, and I'm looking forward to going to therapy again at some point because it's, I feel like it's very healthy for me to do that. It would be detrimental if I didn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um and uh, I think we need to start making it quite normal so that not only, you know, we take care of ourselves, but if we are able to remove that stigma, there's no telling how many friends of yours or, you know, whether they're in the, they're, they are in the industry or not, that can come up to you and say, hey, I'm actually struggling a bit. I need help. And that's huge. That's one of the biggest things I would love to change. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's that's exactly the reason why we're talking about it now. You you mentioned therapy then. 
Mm-hmm. I've had therapy as well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what I was expecting at all. I was genuinely expecting to be laid down on a, a bed with feet up and, and asked to talk about like my mother and so on. <laughs> uh, you know, the uh, usual stuff that you see in, in films. But uh, what I did was a form of talking therapies and being taught about how the brain works and how I can work through these changes and and problems that I had were solved very quickly. And I think if I didn't go and get help and acknowledge that I needed it, I would have been in this constant spiral of it just getting worse and, you know, never working through those problems. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just a a conversation with someone. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It changed my life. You know, I, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast now if I hadn't, like any of my podcasts at all. I don't think I would have done any of it if I didn't have therapy to help with that. And I, I think it's worth pointing out that I did expect a instant cure. I mm. expected them to give me some nice tablets that would magically right. make me feel good. Yeah. Um, th- but there wasn't any of that. It is more working on it in your own way with their advice and it takes time I think if you continuously work on it and you really want to work through it all of this stuff is is life-changing and it's good to know you know I I just want to say hats off to you you had that professor that shouldn't be one tell you that you're not good enough at the thing that you just studied for tell you that you're not good enough but you still didn't give up you still went out and got a job and you still continued to work through it and um I I don't know if you finished your whole story but I I know we we started talking about how you went to that event in Manchester where we both originally met yeah you went for that session what happened after that because obviously you was in this lull you went to that event what what did it actually do for you how did that actually change your career and mindset and so on well I mean, you know, um, I think I left off the story with um, the part where you and I were having a conversation. Yeah, I think. Yeah, correct. I think Chris Green was there as well. Yes, he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, all all great people you are, and uh, you know, we were just hanging out and talking, and then you you and I started sharing our, you know, nervousness about starting things, and I started asking you about, well, you know, your your podcasts, your facebook group how are you doing this without you know if i did it i would be i'd be having a breakdown every five minutes i'd be panicking i wouldn't understand how i'm you know uh yeah i just studied i just i didn't even know how to put words together i was explaining it to you Mm -hmm. and then you admitted to me you know like you did just now you said you know actually i'm quite nervous and uh, i was quite nervous and i got i still am sometimes (laughs) i've just you know after doing over 100 episodes now and being on as many other podcasts as I can because I've continuously worked through the thing that's absolutely terrified me yeah I feel comfortable doing it you know I I speak in the same place in my room I have the same setup I've just got used to it and I feel comfortable doing it I've got comfortable with the format and I think you know what one I think one of the big things with anything like this you can talk about it as much as you, you want. You can think about it as much as you want. But I think thinking about things is the worst thing. Like any time I need to do a public presentation, uh, not that I've done many, but that's the one thing that still absolutely terrifies oh, me. That's the worst. If I know about it, like say say if I've got two weeks leading up to it, I will actually be thinking about it so much that I would actually have sleepless nights and feel sick. Yeah, And it's the thought of doing it that is so much more damaging than the actual thing. So with the podcast, honestly, I just get on with it. I just book <laughs> someone in. I plan questions out. I plan the content. I record it, edit it. I just get on with it. And there is no thinking. Well, there, I mean, obviously, there is some thinking, but there's no <laughs> like there's no like six-month plan or six-month strategy or anything like that. It is just just sit down and get on with it. And I think that's one of the big differences. So like in your job, you you mentioned that you had no choice but to take on those projects and to work through those things. So, (laughs) you know, it makes a big difference if you just get on with it. 
you actually make progress with everything. Sorry, I've interrupted your story once again. We will get <laughs> there in the end. Fine. <laughs> See, this is you being all confident and, you know, <laughs> very good at your job and being a very good interviewer. So <laughs> that's, you know, where my, my, uh, uh, opinion of you comes in where I thought, man, this guy's so confident. He's so good at this. Like, how is, how is he saying that he's been nervous? <laughs> and I think it's worth so, saying as well, you know, with podcasts, it is audio only. And do you know what the wonderful thing you can do with audio? You can re-record it when you go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I do. I um, Everything that you listen to now, like if you're listening to this now, it's not an exact recording of what happened at that moment. It would have been tidied up and cleaned. And I don't do it so much now. I mean, they're, they're just tweaked just to make it more pleasant to listen to. But early episodes, and to be fair, I can hear it when I listen back, but early episodes if I completely screwed up what I was saying like stumbled through um, a sentence or a question or you know babbled my way through something if it sounded really bad mm-hmm. I just re-recorded it in my own time and you know if I needed to say it 20 times I, I would <laughs> and that's a good thing with audio it's a good thing with video it's a good thing with graphic design you know the the end thing is just the end thing that you're happy to share what happens from the beginning to the end? Does it really matter? <laughs> no, I mean, in grand scheme of things, it doesn't. And I think the other thing to take away is that once you're done with it, you know, you've uploaded the file. I mean, a podcast is different because you can always pull it down and edit it and re-upload it and whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, when you do your work and you hand it off, you're done with it. You've handed it off. You can't do anything else with it. Unless, you know, they come with to you directly and say, oh, we need to make these changes here and we need another feature, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a good way of learning to let go of certain things too. So the process of design, the process of doing work that you hand off to a client also should be seen as kind of this therapeutic thing where you've created something and once you're done with it, you're done with it and you pass it off. And letting go should also be, you know, letting go of all the negative thoughts that you had while making the let's say logo uh or design you know i've handed it off i'm done with the negative thoughts as well yeah so but you know to (laughs) to go back to that story (laughs) (laughs) we will get there in the end it will take 45 minutes to talk through (laughs) it'll take 45 minutes um no no so um yeah, we, we both thought we were equally as confident and um, superficially amazing. Uh, and uh, turns out we weren't. And it felt really good to meet yeah, somebody else. Um, mm. Because all the things that you were doing were things that I also wanted to do to some extent. I wanted to start a podcast. I hadn't started any podcast. And um, I was really nervous because I, I had some stuff to say I wanted to talk about. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know the formats and all that. And you just told me, well, I just did it. I just went out and did it. And later on in that conversation, um, uh, well, later on at that evening at that event, I met, uh, I got to speak to Chris, um, Chris Doe, not Chris Green, uh, (laughs) Chris Doe personally. (laughs) And I told him these things, you know, after having spoken to you, it gave me the opportunity to think, okay, maybe I should maybe be a little bit more open and honest and then ask for proper feedback. Like, what should I do? And I went up to him and I asked him, look, I want to do what you're doing. I want to do education. I want to help people. And I want to talk about these things that are important to me. I'm just scared and I don't know how to do it. And I don't know whether I'm going to be capable of doing these things. And what if I'm not good enough and I just sound like some idiot on the, on the radio? Or, or, you know, podcast. And um, he said that, listen, there's always a voice inside of you that's wanting to come out that wants to say something. And that's important. And it's important that you cultivate it because whatever your story is, it's unique to you. But I want you to try to do something. And he asked me to start journaling. And in that journal, I had to, before going to bed, I had to write uh, one thing I was grateful for and five things that I'd done really well that I was happy with. And in the morning, I had to write five people I was grateful for 
and the things that I was going to do that day that I'm going to be happy to do, excited about. Mm -hmm. And he said, do that for a year. And the first thing I did in the very same notebook that I took with me to the workshop to work in is I went before going to bed for, for a year, I started writing. Okay. I, I really am grateful and thankful for this person and here's why. And I did these things today and I'm really happy about that. I didn't write any of the things that I didn't accomplish, accomplish that day. I didn't write any of the things that I kind of failed at that day. I mean, (laughs) I know those things enough in my own head and I'm going to beat myself up about it, but I never journaled those things down. Mm -hmm. And then I did the thing that I was supposed to do in the morning. And in a way that resulted in me kind of realizing that it's not what keeps you from doing these things that matters. It's the fact that you did it and that you try and that you realize that you have these people around you that you can tap the shoulders of and ask for help or a conversation to get you to where you need to be. So that was really a catalyst to start doing stuff. I came back from, uh, were we in Manchester, I think? Yeah, Yeah. it was Manchester. I came back from Manchester and I was like, all right, cool. We're doing this. This is how we're going to do it. We're just going to do it. We're going to find a name. We're going to start a company. I spoke to, I mentioned earlier, Kenneth. Mm-hmm. And I said, we're going to start this. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to start a website. We're going to do podcasts. We're going to do the whole shebang. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, this huge bravado that came from out of nowhere, still nervous as, you know, I don't want to cuss. <laughs> I don't know what the audience of, of this podcast is, but I Oh, was... you're welcome to say whatever you want. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> but no. we, we know what you mean anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> AF, AF, I think the kids say now. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was so confident and I was like, oh, oh, well, energy. I had this energy that I wanted to get out. I wanted to do something with. And um, today I'm, I'm sitting here. We have about 13, 14 episodes of our podcast uh, up. But you haven't said the name of the podcast. You need uh, yeah. to say the name of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's called Design Revision. And, and I'll link to that in the show notes for anyone that wants to find it as well. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's currently the format is still being worked on. We're three people who sit around a table and we discuss the things that happen in design industry. You know, how social media affects people in terms of their confidence in design, how students are affected by it, and uh, whether competitions are a good thing for design students, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, is uh, you know a formal education necessary or important for students um, who are coming into the industry, all those kinds of topics. And we kind of make it this three-person roundtable discussion. And eventually, we hope to have guests. But the main idea is that we're just doing it. You know, we're just we're just getting the work done and we'll figure it out as we go along. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do whatever edits we need to edit but we don't, we don't do a lot of edits, but um, every now and then we do. But uh, it's about just trying to figure it out as we go along. You know, we run into technical issues all the time. We um, don't know exactly how to script the topics or make an outline for the discussion, but we figure it out and we get there and we're learning by doing. And it's been much more rewarding than sitting in my chair and freaking out that I haven't done the podcast, but at the same time, I'm freaking out, well, I shouldn't be doing the podcast because I'm not good enough to do the podcast or why would my voice be important at all, you know? So it was a long roundabout way of saying, you know, just do it. (laughs) No, I I think it's important to uh, talk through it. And I think part of what you said at the end there is another kind of thing that we can take off on the average graphic designer's mental health issue is trying to make everything perfect oh, like yeah. my my podcast you go back to episode one it's not great you know the audio quality is rusty i'm using the mic wrong i'm kind of like nervously blubbering my way through the interview um in <laughs> fact some of those early ones i had to like re-record 
my questions because they really were like blah <laughs> but yeah. you learn and you I, I think what's important with um I, I know we're talking about podcasting now but it's the same with everything is that yeah. you take on that project you do it to the best of your ability and you learn from it mm -hmm. and that lesson that you learn you apply to the next thing mm -hmm. and then you just continuously do this so I mean that that's how I did mine so I think it took me about 20 episodes to get it to a point where it was reasonably good you know like the the, the quality of the audio was okay yeah but it took a lot of like just getting on with it just doing it and it all um you know making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and improving and I, um i think you know how we can bring that into things like logo design when i look back at my older logos they're I look at them and I think they're they're not very good now, mm. but it it's more the fact that I did it and I learned from it, and then I did another project. I learned from that, and by doing it, kind of drives you to keep learning and keep finding out things. And uh, I'd like to think that the work I'm doing now, <laughs> I'll look <laughs> back in like five years' time and think, oh. I've come a long way since then. You know, I, th I think, I think um, as graphic designers, we continually learn, we continually uh, to improve, we we hone our skills, and you know that doesn't necessarily just need to be in graphic design. That can be things like answering the telephone. Oh yeah. The first time I did that, I used to feel sick, and I would get really nervous on the phone and be very shy. But now, because I've had to do it so many times, like, uh, um, I mean, what really forced me to do it is, you know, being in a job. And when my phone rang, I had to pick it up. Otherwise, I probably would have lost my job. You know, I, I was kind of like forced to do it. But now, if I don't speak to clients on the phone, I will not get projects. So even though, and and I, I'm going to be, you know, honest again, I don't like answering the phone when anyone else is in this room. I literally need to close the door, tell my partner to go downstairs, and then I'll take my phone out. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable with anyone else in the room. Oh, I hate but, it. Um, <laughs> I hate it. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I, it just allows me to do it. It's just one of my kind of coping mechanisms, but I'm building up confidence. So, you know, a time will come when I'll probably be okay with uh, someone else being in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, oh man, that's so weird because I'm exactly the same. I just feel like, <laughs> I feel like somebody's listening in on the conversation and then just thinking, why do you talk that way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why I don't mind because my, I think it's because you, you know how you are with like your, your family and friends it's yeah. a different kind of personality to how you are when you're on the phone. Absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, <think, laughs> I think I put on a little bit of a voice like, hello, Ian speaking, how can I help you? You know, <laughs> I, I put on like a, a, a different professional uh, personality and I don't know. I just, I just think... I can just imagine, you know, I'll be speaking to my client. I'll look at my, my I just imagine my partner giving me a funny look like, Ian, why are you speaking like that for? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I, oh, that's my nightmare. You know what? Actually, like you were just mentioning um, just something funny. I have had this recurring nightmare at some point. Um, there was a period where I, uh, I did the same thing where I looked at logos I'd created earlier and then gone back to it and gone, oh, man, I, that's... I'm so much better than that now. These logos yeah, are yeah. not that great. I've had this nightmare that the same clients will contact me later on and be like, we saw the logo that you recently did and it's 10 times better than what you gave us. <laughs> <laughs> we want our money back. <laughs> so, um, but I think, you know, uh, I, I think that that's a very good um, way of, looking at it the way you just you know described that process with getting better and better and treating everything as kind of like a a learning moment yeah um, the yeah. other thing i think that would be really important for people to realize and it took me a very long time to realize this is that you know one you don't need to work alone you can ask people for their educated opinion you can mm -hmm. ask for constructive feedback i mean i've I've 
worked with people in my team and asked them like, look, what do you guys think of this? How do I push it further or is something missing? I don't feel like this works exactly. And you don't have to work in a bubble. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things that's so great about your Logo Geek community is that people from all walks of life and levels of experience can come in and share their opinion mm-hmm. and, um, you know, present their work and ask for honest feedback. And it's really, really good and healthy. And I know you curate the uh, comments quite a bit. Yes, yes. I, I do need to stop people being rude or anything like <laughs> yeah. that because it needs to be a safe place. If, if someone's going to be an asshole, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't want them to be like that. And if they continue to be like that, uh, they're not welcome in the group. But exactly, that, yeah. that's the way it should be. It should be a safe place where you feel comfortable enough to share your work in the same way you would um in a small office just to ask people what they think yeah and i think just to expand on something that you you said then one real big mental health issue again is that it's easy to scroll through instagram to scroll through facebook or whatever social media Mm -hmm. uh, be handsome drivel and just think i can never be good enough i can never be like them i i I can't do work of that capability but i think if you go through this process of doing learning doing learning you know and continuously take on projects you improve you learn you develop yeah and you'll probably get to a point where people will look at your work and think they can never be as good as that but it's because you've gone through that process of learning improving developing getting support from other people and then you become better at what you do um like there's no point in looking at dribble and thinking i can't do work of that instead you should look at it as benchmark work it's like i would like to do work of that standard at some point and i'm going to continually work towards reaching that standard you shouldn't compare yourself with them you should just compare yourself with who you as uh, yesterday and it's why I love podcasting I know this is about logo design but uh, with podcasting I can look back I can listen to you know what I was saying three years ago and uh, like now I don't really recognize myself I sound different it's like a different version of me it's just mm-hmm. I, you know I've, I've improved and I've um, developed better interview skills but I can see it with my logo design work as well I, I've, I've recently been adding some new case studies and the new case studies on my website look way, way better yeah. than the case studies on there that I thought were actually quite good. So it just goes to show that, you know, because because we can kind of keep keep an archive of what we've done, you should be seeing that progress. You should be seeing that you're improving. And that's that's the key thing, really. Just compare yourself with who you was in the past and and uh you know, then then you'll always hopefully get better than you were. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, and I'll be honest, I don't look at other designs online. I mean, unless I'm actually working on a project and I need to, um, you know, get some references or look at something that's similar or try to be inspired by something, I'll look it up. But in my free time, I try not to look too much at other designers polished work that's online and quite frankly it's you know for my own mental health because I'll just start dragging myself down and I'm not I'm not at that point where I can tell myself oh well that's good and um <laughs> uh that's and leave it at that you know I'll start yeah. you know making it very egocentric and hammering at myself and saying that well you're not at that level yet and but at the same time, I think it's kind of healthy to not be that affected by the work that you do all the time in your free time, looking at all these super polished pieces. And, you know, it's one of the things that we talked about in our podcast is that we wish that more and more people were putting out the process of how they got there. And, you know, I, I love seeing people doing calligraphy online because you can actually see them going through the process of how they get there. You can scroll back, and they're very good about taking video of their work, uh, calligraphers in general, and they show you how their work gets better and better over time. 
So, you know, the proof is in the pudding, practice makes perfect. And, you know, using the word perfect loosely. And I feel like designers need to get better at that, especially people who are well-seasoned designers who are constantly putting out good work. I feel Dribble and Behance, um, you know, gives you the opportunity to do that by making case studies. But social media, places like um, Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, it's very shallow the way they put stuff up there. And I feel like for a lot of young designers who are coming out, it's kind of nerve wracking to go into um, those social platforms, follow a designer and then see none of the process being done. None of the, you know, tossed out <laughs> sketchbook papers, none of the, you know, uh, hair being pulled out, trying to figure out what the client actually wants and how I'm going to supposed to make this work with these color combinations, <laughs> you know. Um, those things are important because they humanize the process so much more. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up when we were talking about, you know, learning by doing uh, step by step, what you were mentioning earlier, mm -hmm. I think it's really important that when you're doing the work, perfectionism really holds you back. And you might not necessarily be thinking like a perfectionist, but when you are in that space of self-doubt and you're worried about your level of quality or ability or skill set you might think that every project of work or logo or design that you do is the most crucial important design that you have to hand off so your brain treats it like this super important project like it, it's gangbusters it's it's this is make it or break it for my career it really isn't it never really is. And that's a hurdle that I needed to get over, that everything that you do, yeah, you should do it to the best of your ability, like you said, Ian, but you need to learn that you will only continue growing and getting better by doing, but you can't sit there and stifle yourself for perfection treating it as though this is going to be your career ender if you don't get this right the first time. Mm -hmm. And that can really hold you back. That can really push you down. That can really put you in a ditch. So that's also important to kind of get over. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think um, I know it's kind of a buzzword, but I think strategy is important. So when when we talk about strategy and the the goals of the project, in order to solve that effectively, you can actually do it very objectively and it doesn't need to be seen as a creative exercise. So if you know what you ultimately need to accomplish, mm -hmm. that in itself isn't really a creative exercise. It's, it's, it's trying to come up with something completely original that looks incredible that's <laughs> the the thing that i think a lot of us struggle with and i, I think while we're on that topic i'm i'm gonna share a story so I, I had a project recently and i allocated i think it was like three days to get the, the to work on the project it was just a, a logo design project so I had my first day and i sat down and like for an entire day just with my sketchbook just drawing out ideas and nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing w was right. I mean, there, there were things that were okay. And like, I, I had no shortage of potential ideas. It's just, it was just a, a, a mass load of crappy ideas. Like none of them I thought were particularly original. Um, none of them I felt represented what it was about. Like th this was for... Uh, an actual location so it, it was for um an area within the south of france and you know i watched all these videos of the area and there was so much so much that this thing could have contained you know there was all this or like the the nightlife the beaches the uh you know, you could go sunbathing, you could go partying, you could go out, you can see museums and stuff like this. It was just such an overwhelming amount of things that I could have potentially have put in this. So mm -hmm. like I said, there was no shortage of ideas. It's just I really felt that nothing worked. And 
normally when I sit down for an entire day, I should at least have one idea that is good enough to proceed with. But I actually right. felt like nothing was working. And, um, you know, when you're self-employed, time is money. You yeah. know? And yeah. if I don't get this project done within the three days, I'm going to be screwed because the next project starts. So, you know, I've got like a queue system of projects. And I actually felt sick. Yeah. <laughs> I felt sick. And, you know, I... Uh, when it came to about half five, I tend to stop working. Then I go down and make uh, dinner for for the family, and I, I I couldn't let it go. I kind of carried on, and uh, just nothing came together. And then obviously I went went to bed, mm-hmm. kind of slept on it, didn't think about it too much. Uh, I, I did have that doubt still, and then I just woke up, and you know, <laughs> I looked at some of the sketches on the page, and I'm like, oh, that that could be something. I just I, I it was more I just woke up with a different mindset so I, the the first day I was just kind of trying to come up with something clever and new and exciting but the next day I had this just you know I have to just get this done just need to need to sit down and get on with it I'm just going to pick out a few things and develop them and uh, you know I had a uh, came in with a fresh pair of eyes um I had a rest and um some of the sketches I thought Oh, that could be cool if I did that that could work like that so sometimes you know when you get in these uh, like stuck in a rut or stuck in this ditch where you just feel like nothing is working mm. sometimes you just need to take a break from it and I think one thing that I, I learned with that particular project is I aimed that morning to just pick out things that would work they wasn't the best ideas or I didn't think of them as the best thing ever I just wanted to put together three good designs that could just do the job yeah (laughs) and that was my goal you know just by the end of the day I I needed to have just a number of things I think it was just having that mindset of just getting on with it that's when I started to to develop one of them and I saw you know once it was kind of an illustrator I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I did this? And then it just it just started to come together. And then the final thing was actually really great, really clever. The client loved it. Um, but yeah, that that first day, at the end of that day, I I really felt like I don't think I can do this project. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I think the thing you need to accept is a lot of this self doubt, a lot of these struggles, a lot of these anxieties and and insecurities I've come to the conclusion that it's just part of the process and if you accept it's part of the process then it's less stressful (laughs) yeah I mean um there was there's this writer in the U.S. that I really really like his name is Ira Glass have you heard of him I haven't but I'm gonna look him up and I'll link to him in the show notes for anyone that wants to look into him (laughs) do that do that he has this thing where he talks about you know the creative process and he um, he's right. He's speaking from a writer's perspective, of course, but he's kind of um, speaking to all creatives. And he's uh, saying, he's talking about this wall that you hit, or this lull that you get, or this level of frustration that you, this point that you reach where you feel like everything I make is shit right now. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> you know, where you're looking at it and you just go like, "What the hell is this?" Um, <laughs> he says that the reason you think that way. The reason why you're reacting that way to the stuff that you do and the stuff that you see is because you have uh, taste. You have a level of taste, that, whether it's informed through education or experience or whatever it is you've done to get to the point where you are today. It's an informed feeling. It's not just a feeling that's come out of nowhere. You have to just keep pushing forward. And the whole point is that, okay, you take your break, take your, he even argues that some people can take a year if they need to, before they make something really good again, where they're comfortable and happy with their work that they're producing again. He's saying this as though, okay, yeah, sure. Take the time that you need, but keep making, keep producing, keep pushing. And um, that's not to counter argue what you said in terms of taking a break from it all. Um, Mm He he's a big proponent of taking. Uh, if you listen to some of his podcasts and stuff, he's very big on taking breaks and taking you know making sure you have ample breathing room between projects and mm-hmm. creative work. But he really really uh, hones in on this point that whatever you're feeling, it's because you have an informed feeling 
and it's coming from a well of experience that you have gathered over this time. And you shouldn't feel bad that you've made something poor or not good. You should just take it as, okay, part of the process. I'm going to continue the process and eventually I'll get there. And I feel like that's also been really important for me that it, it's kind of like what you say. It's that this is all part of the process. It's all, you know, all the negative up and downs, whatever you're feeling, you have to go through it. Sometimes you have to go through the fire and at the end of it, you'll come out a lot happier with the work that you're putting together. I think I had something very similar to there was this, uh, what you went through. There was this logo project that I was doing and I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to do the design. I just, the, the, the lockup was wrong. Everything was wrong. These elements that I was trying to pull together, they were just not adding up. Um, kind of like how you just described it. And, in the end, I just needed to step away and go for a walk <laughs> for a long time before I came back to the desk and were like, oh, wait, I know, I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what to do. <laughs> so sometimes too much screen time or sketchbooking time can actually be detrimental to your <laughs> uh, creative process as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's probably a good point to kind of wrap things up. So do you want to share with the audience how they can find more about you and uh, connect with you online? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a website called uting.no. Uh, that's U-T-I-N-G dot N-O. Um, the name actually means abomination in Norwegian. <laughs> so, um, you know, psychologically a very memorable name. Um, and uh, we do a podcast called Design Revision. And in it, we talk about topics like we just spoke about right now and things that are happening in the industry, as well as education and how we can help um, up and coming young creatives and how to, you know, express themselves or do work more efficiently or um, try to try to um, get more out of their education by finding other resources and things that they can do. Um, right now, the podcast is kind of like on, on a hiatus, uh, mainly because of COVID and how things have been kind of difficult to plan. But um, we're hoping to get back uh, together again by the end of this year and next year. And just so it's very clear to people who are you know, going into the podcast for the first time, if anyone feels so inclined, it really is three people who work together, uh, who are friends, and we talk about serious stuff, but we also just, we're friends and we're meeting after mm -hmm. a long day <laughs> and we do joke around a bit. So if that's something that you're interested in, please give us a listen. We're on all the major platforms. Yeah, definitely. Go over, find it, subscribe, and you know I'll link to it in the show notes as well so that people can... Uh, find it but Arjun thank you so much for coming on it's been good to catch up again I know that we sometimes speak online but we haven't actually spoken uh, kind of verbally like this and since uh, we first met up in Manchester so it's been good to catch up and um, really good yeah. You, yeah and thank you for sharing you know some honest stories about mental health I think it's worth saying for listeners anyone that's kind of uh, stuck in a place like what we've spoken about you know you're, you're welcome to come and chat to myself and uh Arjun I don't want to put you on the spot but I assume that you'll you'll be in the same place that you'll be happy to uh speak to anyone but Absolutely. yeah if you do need if you do need more help like if you do need uh more support and so on it's cool to go and see a therapist. I have, Arjun has, it's, it's normal. It's like going to see a dentist. Yeah, It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's normal. It's good to just talk to someone, even though you might not be suffering from any of the mental health, health issues. I think that it's nice to have someone to talk to and it doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist, but just find somebody you trust who can be objective and give you, you know, uh, cognitive reasoning to think about and, um, yeah, it's very healthy. It's extremely healthy, I feel, especially in times like these. I think it's very, yeah. very important. To yeah, mental definitely. Pain. Definitely. Yeah, I think, you know, find a, um, uh, a friend and, and speak to them. But yeah, you know, you're welcome to reach out to me. I'm always happy to um, 
uh, speak to uh, my here. fellow yeah. creative graphic designers. Um, so this has been all awesome, Arjun. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing. Thank you for having me, Ian. It's been awesome. Hopefully you enjoyed this frank discussion with Arjun as much as I did. And I hope you're also cheering him on too for working through these challenges. Arjun, if you're listening, I know that you can do anything you want. And I really look forward to seeing you grow and flourish over the next few years. I think you came across really well in this interview. And I have absolutely no doubt that whatever you want to do, you can do it just just you just need to sit down and get on with it and uh hopefully you know some other people out there if you're sitting on an idea just sit down and get on with it and uh you'll see what what happens as a result of doing that so if you want to learn more about arjun head to uting.no alternatively check out the show notes for this episode where i'll link to that as well as a transcription of the interview too So to find the show notes, head to logageek.uk forward slash 106. So that is it for this week, but I'll see you at the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast.